yeah, yeah. So, see, God moves, yeah? He, he works on our inside, yeah? He works on our inside. Because when he works on our inside, we discover his love, then we operate in that love. So in that love, Vicky's just praying, and he goes, oh, she wants this gift. I'll just, I'll give that to her. Trev's just doing life. His shoulder's out, but he's going to claim the power of God. And God just comes along and says, I'll just touch that. And every once in a while, you've got to remind him. Yeah, it, it does happen like that. I've, I've, had, I've had that happen myself where you're healed and everything's good and then the pain comes back and you go, hold on a minute, I thought you were healed and you start talking to God about it and all of a sudden the pain's gone again. Yeah, God is real. I share all of that because God wants to awaken within us gifts and faith all the time. Yeah. So do you just want to share the word that you had for today? I have a sense, oh, I've got my glasses on, I'm probably serious that God wants to honour the people here who've been praying for a long time. And I actually had this real sense of deep-seated reverence. And in particular, you Trev, of course. It's not a light thing that God says he honours the prayers that you've laid up for decades. Come on. There's lots of people here who've been praying for decades. And God wants to honour you. And then I got the word fresh. Mm-hmm. And it's about he's going to do a fresh thing. An awakening. Almost. And it might not look like what we're necessarily comfortable with. And it's about getting out on the waves and trusting God one little step at a time. And it might look weird and it might sound weird and it might not be a comfortable place, but go with God because he's going to do the fresh thing in this place. Signs of wonders are going to come. And there's a whole lot of um, depth that's been laid down by the people that we honour who've been here a long time. Come on. Or have been in God a long time. Couldn't bring it. Oh, no, no, there was another thing. It's about your soul. For those that are visiting, Sorry. often when the Spirit of God comes upon grace, this is quite normal. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all okay. <laughs> so the other thing I got was not to listen to the feeling tired. It's your soul saying you're tired, but to keep to push in and to even to get militant. There was no, there was a reason why Steve was doing that militant yes. drum roll thing. Yeah, in totally. the, it is well with your soul because you've got to fight back. You've got to fight the lies. You've got to fight the tiredness. Because, and, and then I've got the thing about powerhouse. Yeah. Because your prayers are where the powerhouse for this place is. Come on. <laughs> Come on. You've got to love it when you're thinking about all the prayers that have gone up over the years from so many people. It says in Revelation, it says, And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the land, the land being uh, our Lord Jesus. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. Your prayers never go unheard. They never go unheard of. Amen. I, I love what God's doing in his people and the ability that we have to be able to share because I think what he's doing is he's, he's building a family. He's building a people of power, yeah? But the power comes in family when we can share. When someone like Trevor can say, God's healed my shoulder, 
I've still got some pain there, but I can move this more than what I used to be able to, so I'm going to step and declare and believe in his healing. It takes courage to come up and say that, knowing that the pain's different, but it's still a little bit there. It takes courage to do that. It takes courage for Sally to say, this is how I used to see myself, but now, in amongst family, God's speaking to me, and I'm now discovering, and I've discovered that actually I am worthy, yeah? Because... In family, we can share those things, yeah? It's a safe place. And I keep saying week after week that everything about the Bible, everything that our Lord teaches us, for me, is family language over and over and over again. And I, I just, I, I keep pondering this, this thought of family and I keep pondering um, the thought, and for those that have journeyed over the last month or so, the fact that we are children, children of God. And as children of God, we all have needs, you know, to be loved, to be cared for, to be nurtured, to be encouraged. And um, I, I just can't move away from this point. It, it just seems like every time I think to myself, well, what will we share with the church? What direction do you want it to go in, God? I have this blank space, yeah, and then God just reveals something fresh back over here again. And, and, and you know, it's like that sometimes in our worship. We're, we're, we're sitting there and we're singing and we're giving our offering to God and all of a sudden we just sit in this space for a little bit, yeah? And, and look, all of us have been in a particular place where we've said, why do they keep singing that? Like we've sung that already, yeah? But there comes a time where you actually, you, you realise and you sense and you're intuitive to what God's doing in the moment and you just rest there. And it's a little bit like this for me at the moment with what God wants to talk to us about. Because I shared ages ago, you know, over a month ago from Matthew 18.3, where he says, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of, of heaven. Unless you become like little children. We always talk about childlike faith, but we never unpack the characteristics of a child. Yeah? And so that's what we've been doing. And he just keeps, he just keeps me here constantly. So... Lo and behold, he did that again. And we were at a board meeting recently, and the board um, notified me that I was doing the devotional once I arrived there. And it was, it was really nice of them to have given me notice. And for those of you that have never sat in one of our church board meetings, if you're absent from a board meeting, we allocate every job, <laughs> every prayer, every devotional to the person who's absent down to the counting of possum poo in gutters, yeah? Like, we make stuff up. So anyway, it was my turn because I missed the last one last year. And so I had this devotional. And God had just spoken to me that week, again, about this concept of us being a family, being children in a family. And so that's where I want to start today. I'll read this and then let's pray and let's go. With the time that we've got left, let's see what God can do really quickly. So Luke chapter 10, verse 47, chapter 9, sorry. I made that mistake before Samuel earlier. So Luke chapter 9, verse 47 and 48. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and had him stand, stand beside him. Then he said to them, Whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For um, it is the one who is least among you who is the greatest. Father, I just ask that you would move this morning in such great power and might, yet such delicacy. Lord, that you would be gentle in your surgery. Lord, we know that you, Lord, you prune. 
areas where we produce fruit. We know that you cut areas that are dead. And so we just ask that in your surgical precision this morning that you would be gentle with us. Father, I pray that you would just illuminate the word for us to grab something brand new, Lord, that it may stir within us so that together as a people, a congregation, better still as a family, that we would become more and more in the image of your son Jesus with ever-increasing glory. Father, that we would truly be the bride that you have purposed us to be. And all these people said, Amen. So that particular passage of Scripture, whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. Whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Now, as soon as I read that, God said, you are my children. You're supposed to become like little children. So each and every one of us are supposed to become like little children because that's the only way to get into the kingdom of heaven. That's what we read in Matthew just before. If you don't want to be a little child, okay, that's okay. You don't have to go to heaven. That's cool. You'd be happy with that. Grow up, grow up and hey, remembering, please remember that being like a child is not being childish. Paul tells us to put off childish things, yeah? So what does it mean to welcome? Whoever welcomes this child, well, you think about it. If you welcome someone into your home, it's showing personality, uh, hospitality. I'm just a bit dyslexic, it seems, this morning. It's showing hospitality. You know, you, you entertain that person, don't you? If they come into your home or into the church, we welcome them, we love them, we get around them. Uh, we receive them into our house, yeah? That, is that a fair call? Yeah? It's, it's like we're saying you're accepted here. So, so then if the scripture says, as you welcome the little child in my name, you welcome me, and if you welcome me, you welcome the one who sent me, then what's the opposite of that? You're not welcome. What's the opposite of being welcome? Get out. Yeah, you're not accepted here. Please turn around. You look funny. You speak funny. You're not living right, Yeah? It's not showing kindness. It's, I'm not happy to receive you. I don't want to entertain you. I do not want to look after you. I really don't want to care for you. I don't want to love you. Don't want to make you coffee. Don't want to hug you. Certainly don't want to greet you with a brotherly kiss. Yeah? And the scripture tells us that if we welcome this little child, we welcome Jesus. So, if you and I are children of God, so when I look to you, I see a child, a child of God, that needs love and care and strengthening and encouragement and support, all that, yeah? And when you look at me, you see the same, a child that needs love, care, etc., etc. That means if I don't welcome one of you, if I don't accept one of you, if I'm not loving and hospitable and etc., etc. to one of you or vice versa, yeah, across the room, across our church, across our family, then that scripture is telling me that we're not welcoming Jesus. You just think about that for a minute. Over the life of your Christianity, where you've not welcomed one of these little ones, one of these children that we're supposed to be, yeah? See, Papa started to talk to me and show me that many of us don't know how to deal with issues and situations and conflict in our life because there are times where we just don't love on each other. There are times where we just don't accept each other. We're just not hospitable to each other, yeah? And it just puts us into this, this place, this precarious place where if I'm not welcoming you, then I'm not welcoming him. And if I'm not welcoming him, I'm not welcoming the one who sent him. But we're supposed to be family, yeah? It's all about family. And if we can, in our 
minds and our hearts grab hold of the concept of family and we are children in a family that have needs, yeah, if we can hold on to that, it actually makes it really easy to live as family. It makes it really easy to live in harmony when issues and stuff present themselves. I, I continue to learn, and God shows me, and Mel reminds me, that I don't think there's a single person in this room who has been in their, their lifetime and in their families that has been taught how to deal with conflict. Like, how do you deal with that stuff? Like, seriously, I'm talking family, so I'm just talking to family. Because I want our family to grow. I want this to be a safe place. And there's no conflict here at the moment, hear my heart, but this is something we need to grab hold of because God tells us how to deal with issues, particularly amongst ourselves, you know. Do good whenever possible, Galatians, yeah? And verse 10, especially to those in the family of faith. But why do we choose sometimes to do good to others and not to these others? And when the other scripture we just read says that if you don't welcome these little ones, then you're not welcoming me, yeah? Do you, do you see? So I just figure we need to talk about and see if we can learn how we deal with situations, how we deal with conflict as, as a family and as children. I think there's something here that we can learn because I don't think I learned how to deal with stuff at school. I didn't learn it in high school. I certainly didn't learn it in, in university and I didn't learn it in Bible college, yeah? They really didn't teach you that, not back in my day, because I'm all of 47 and getting old. <laughs> On a different note, <laughs> the testimonies, if you, I'm, I'm just pointing this out, because it, 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 it aligned, and what I forgot to say, Grace, it aligned with Grace's, Grace's word, those testimonies all came from those that have prayed lots of prayers, Yeah. Generally, the older you get, the more prayers you pray. Is that fair enough? Yeah? The older you get, the more words you speak. The older you get, the more food you've eaten. The older you get, the more you've prayed, yeah? All of these testimonies have come from those that are slightly older than myself. I point that out because God is never done with you, yeah? You've got to hear it. God is never done with you. Whether you're 10 or whether you're 85, God is never done with you, yeah? And, and in fact, as I listen to these testimonies, I almost want to pick up my childish behavior and say to God, what about me? You know, I, I want some of that, you know. Like I joke with Vicky all the time because if you don't know Vicky, please get to know her. Vicky is a healing hog. So whenever she's sick, anyone could pray for her. I, I look for Vicky because when you pray for her, she always gets, I'm telling you, always, yeah? It's good for my faith because some, who's ever prayed for someone and have not been healed? Come on, seriously, if you're a Christian, yeah? So now I, I feel like I'm looking for the person that's going to be healed. Oh, oh, you need some prayer. Trev, why don't you pray for that person? I'm coming over here to Vicky. <laughs> And then Vicky, who's really honoring, goes, oh, my pastor prayed for me, and I got healed. And, and everyone goes, wow, we should get Andrew to pray. Like, because, you know, when Cherif prayed for that person, I didn't get healed. I knew that was going to happen. That's why I ran from it. <laughs> that, it's got nothing to do with Trevor. It had to do with that person. Anyway, like, sorry. We're, train of thought. <laughs> and Jerry, the, amen. Come on. That's so good. And... And, 
and we need to we need to pray so i'm going to point it out while i remember um uh shirley is in hospital some people shirley that normally comes with vicky and ray she's still there yeah so she's got a sharp pain on her right side they're not sure what that is uh and uh david david platt who comes to our church his mother-in-law just passed away um, he had to leave this morning because he's uh, an, a, uh, an executor and he's got to go to the coroner and all that sort of stuff. So can you please keep those people in your prayers? One, that Shirley would be healed, yeah? And one, that David would receive complete peace and wisdom as he deals with the family. Yes, I heard, that's right. And Will, yeah, young Will. So, um, Faith, where's your mum, Faith? I can't see her. Oh, there you are. Sorry. Oh, there you are. I should have known, Greg, because you were there. You were hiding behind, um, behind the other person whose name I can't remember right now. Ross. <laughs> this, this is becoming... I, so, some, of, some of you know, last week I was, I was speaking at a church in Melton last week and... Um, People are laughing because they know the story, but there was a, one of the worship leaders come up to say hello with her husband. And, hi, Andrew, how are you going? You know, Mel was still walking behind me with the kids, and I went up and I gave her this big hug, and I said, hey, Ria, how are you? She, and she steps back, she goes, what did you call me? And I said, Ria. She goes, Andrew, that's my sister, my older sister. Well, I go with me. So I'm sharing the message, and I get... I get Helen up and I share the story how I've mixed up her name, yeah? I share it with the church and they're all, they're all laughing at me, you know? I keep going with the message. I needed another ex- example. So Mark and Kaz that were here just two weeks ago, I saw their daughter, Chanel, and I thought, I'll grab Chanel. And I said, Chantel, why don't you stand? <laughs> at which case, the, Kaz who's sitting at the front of their church goes, Andrew, it's Chanel. They're already laughing because I mixed up Rhea and Helen. So for those of you in the house, when it happens, it happens in my home, happens in other churches, it happens here. I think it's all part of being 47. Is that all right? Anyway, I want to I see if we can learn as a people how to deal with... Pray for Will. Thank you. Will, at his job, put a drill through his hand and it went through... Um, severed his artery and all sorts of stuff and he, he went to hospital they reckon he only needs a week off and he'll be back at work it, everybody else is wondering how can that be when you've drilled through a part of your body but I guess it just would have been a sensational experience for him and um, <laughs> mum and dad were were ecstatic when they heard um, and then thanking Jesus that they were out of Ballarat in Melbourne at the time so we need to pray for him too please so just in your prayers if you could pray for those people that would be great um. <laughs> oh, I don't have much time left at all, so I'm just thinking about where to go, so bear with me for a moment. I don't think that conflict is supposed to exist in a, in a Christian family, in a church. I just don't think it's supposed to be there. I think the Father gives us biblical examples of why it shouldn't be there. And not because one person's better than the next, just because we've learnt how to be family. We've learnt how to accept each other as children of God, while at the same time not placing our needs and expectations on you, but rather trusting the Father to look after our needs 
So we've put off the childish things. And so then the father grabs one of the other children in the house to love this child in the house. Yeah? I don't think there should ever be an issue or conflict in that situation when we're actually dealing with that paradigm. And I think that's why he shows us in Romans 12, see, Father God wants us to play nicely as children. Most parents and grandparents want our kids to play well, don't we? Romans 12, 17, 18, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honourable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. You know, he says, never pay back evil for evil. How often does that happen? But in family, it shouldn't. With my boys, it shouldn't, yeah? Often it does. I'm forever saying, Samuel, if Nathan's done that, don't retaliate, come and get me so we can deal with it, yeah? And vice versa. But often, for anyone who's got children, our children like to pay back evil for evil. Sometimes more vehemently than the first portion of evil. The Bible says, though, to be honourable, do all you can to live in peace with everyone. I, I, I actually love, I, got a, I love the way the Father writes, do all you can. Do all you can. You know why he writes, do all you can? Because there's just some people that it's impossible yeah, to live in peace with. So you do all you can because there are some that you just can't. But while you're in family, my family and one of my children, then you do all you can to live in peace with one another. I love the fact that God acknowledges that. It's like our escape clause. You know, you've ever had, anyone ever had that person in your life that you're trying to deal with and you just think, they are impossible. Anyone ever uttered those words? Why are you pointing? (laughs) And so thus concludes our sermon for the day. (laughs) Yes, we all have those people in our lives. For some, they're closer than others, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but we all have those people but I think that you and I need to do everything that we can to try to make things right and if you think about this just for a second the world is broken because Adam and Eve broke their relationship with Father God and ever since that was broken relationships between ourselves become broken yeah you just have to put it into context it's relationships we struggle with in schools with friends and workplaces really there's conflict all over the world isn't there there's issues all over the world Um, and unfortunately even in our churches amongst the children of God but it'll all be fixed if we could just think about family and think about ourselves as children now put up your hand if you like conflict yeah no one likes conflict like no one likes conflict like just generally no one likes conflict I get a phone call and I start, Jen, Jen will tell you, when I take a call, I pace, I just walk. And I could walk and walk and walk. It's where I get all my steps up, just walking around the carpet here when I'm on a phone call. But if it's a, a, a phone call that there's not conflict, but there's some, you know, resolution that's required, I actually find myself short of breath, you know. My, my heart starts racing. It's like, why is this happening? It shouldn't be happening, you know. Oh, none of us, none of us like conflict. Who's ever had someone say to them, hey, can we catch up? We need to talk. And then your first thought is, oh, what now? Like, come on. Like, seriously. Like, oh, no. I get people saying, oh, we'd love to catch up, Andrew. We come over to our place. Oh, it's like they're setting me up. 
How about we go to for a coffee somewhere? Oh, it's too hard for us. Get yeah, course it is, because you're going to stab me while I'm there. <laughs> I know I'm the only one that has these thoughts and these insecurities, right? I know I'm the only one. But I just figure that's the way most of us think, yeah? There's this fear when it comes to conflict or, or confrontation, anything like that, you know? Sometimes it runs really deep. Yeah. <laughs> we just I'm, with the time that we got left, I think I just might be building a basis for next week. <laughs> Ever since Adam was in the garden, watch this in Genesis three, um, verses eight to ten, when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden so they hid from the lord among the trees and the lord had called to the man where are you he replied i heard you walking in the garden so i hid i was afraid because i was naked why did adam hide from god ashamed he was ashamed he was exposed he's he was he was vulnerable and so the first thing that he did yeah after the fall was to clothe himself to hide himself ever since that moment yeah man woman us we have been hiding from god we're not good enough for you we try to cover up yeah and our whole journey is about stepping out of the bushes and saying here i am lord you know and accepting our true and real identity all over again and and in that in that we've taken that experience and we've brought that into our relationships and so when something happens between us we go into hiding mode a shame mode clothing covering ourselves up mode yeah that's what we do naturally but that's not the way that father god had intended us to live at all particularly not in family you know fear seems to to grip us totally and I guess the best way to, to, to surmise it is the fear of conflict is, is actually just the fear of being exposed, having your emotions put out there because we don't want to face those emotions. That's what really, really what it comes down to. But you know what the beauty is? God gives us the courage to face stuff like that all the time, doesn't he? Because courage comes from the Father, 2 Timothy 1.7. For God's not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, yeah, yeah, but of power, love, and self-discipline. What about 1 John 4.18? Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. So when there's situations that arise in family, if we can just step into the reality that we are his children, that we are family, and the person that the issues with, whether, whichever way it's coming from, they're just a child that needs to be loved, needs to be encouraged, needs to be valued and nurtured. Yet if we take that position and we do all that we can to live in peace, it matters not their side, but what does matter is our side, yeah? So as a family, there's, there can never be conflict if we actually have that as our train of thought. I, I just love the, the, the whole concept that God's been teaching me. Because there's so much that, that I need to learn um, in relation to issues 
not just for our family here, but I'm actually learning in relation to my children, you know. Father God teaches me, Holy Spirit teaches me. As you notice, Melanie teaches me, even from the front. <laughs> she constantly teaches me, but I've learned that when there's an issue, if there's an issue in family, there's an issue with our children, you and I, we need to be people that take the initiative, yeah? Like, instead of running into this conflict management, we're going to hide, we're going to do an atom, we're going to clothe ourselves, we're, we're ashamed, you know, we don't want to be vulnerable. We actually need to step out in that courage and take initiative and approach the conflict, approach the situation, approach the issue, yeah? Because it's not going to disappear, who knows that, yeah? You can't ignore it, you can't pretend it doesn't exist. Our old pastor used to say, you know, you can't just sweep it under the carpet because eventually the mound will be big enough that you're just going to trip over it anyway, yeah? <laughs> time, time can make things worse. You know, time doesn't heal all things, yeah? It just, it doesn't. <laughs> if it would, every cancer patient would be healed, yeah? Time just doesn't heal all things. You know, often when it comes to stuff at home and with the boys and there's, you know, there's, there's the stuff that's happening, it's, re it's really easy just to use our family as an example um, so that, you know, we're just to be open and honest. You know, if there's an issue with the boys, Mel will of often say, have you dealt with that issue with the boys? Have you spoken to them <laughs> about that? Have you sat with them? Or, you know, love, are you going to deal with it? I have dealt with it. No, you haven't. You just yelled and screamed from the other room. That's how my mum dealt with it. I feel really good now. <laughs> no, you, you need to deal with it. So the only way to deal with any issue, and I, I'm just saying for our family, is to face it. Yeah, The only way to deal with any conflict is to face it. And if you and I were to close our eyes, and actually just do that for a moment, just close your eyes, there's probably people in your life now that you're avoiding, yeah? that you're walking on the other side of the street, even within church, just because there's some tension. But if we're supposed to do all we can to live and be at peace with one another, then we need to take the initiative and use the courage God's given us to approach those people, just to share, yeah? It's, it's so the same when it comes to each and every one of us in this family, the family of God here at Mount Clear Church of Christ. If there's an issue, we need to face it, not condemn or argue or blame. Uh, Rick Warren puts it really well. He goes, for people that blame, he goes, how do you spell blame? Be lame. Be lame. And as soon as you put blame on others, it's just you being lame. So you're not taking the initiative and actually trying to work through something, yeah? See, when it comes to the boys, I'm really Italian. I want to deal with it now. Anyone else got that sort of blood in them? I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it now. Watch me. <laughs> Even this morning, right, this morning, there was just, it wasn't a big issue. It was just something we were working through with Nath. No yelling. There was no screaming. And I said to Mel, you may want to leave now with Samuel because I'm about to fix it. Because <laughs> when, I, when I get in those, those modes, I don't deal with it right. I just deal with it the way I deal with it. And sometimes it can cause an explosion. It makes the relationship worse. Because what I should be valuing is my relationship with my son. 
the reason we need to think about any issue in church life with each other as family and with each one of us being a child of God who has needs is because relationship always trumps being right. You hearing me? Relationship always trumps being right. And the minute you want to stand on being right, I guarantee you 100%, you are not being like Jesus. Not even close. Because when he sent Jesus to the cross, yeah, he was right, yeah? He didn't have to do that. He was in the right. We were the ones that were far away from him, yeah? It's never about being right. It's always about coming together and wanting to deal with a situation and conflict for the sake of relationship. We're in family here. This is not the corporate world where you're wrong, you're out. It's not how it works in family. Family is different when it comes to dealing with issues with one another because we're here to love on each other, amen? So timing's everything. You've got to learn. You've got to learn timing. Mel teaches me about timing. Don't do it now. Go away. Relax. Just breathe a little bit. Sit down. Think about it. Let the Lord speak to you. See what he says first. Then it's like, now I've got an issue with you too. Just leave me alone so I can deal with it. <laughs> timing is everything. Often. Often. It's all right. My wife's the Holy Spirit in our home. The hardest thing about taking the initiative is often if other somebody else is really the person that's that's at fault or the issue lies with them, often many of us can say, but why, Pastor? Why do we have to deal with it? We don't have the issue. They do. Do you know what? Because it's our role, as we see each other as children of God, to realise that those children are in our family, and they need to be loved and cared for, and fed and strengthened and comforted and uplifted. Yeah, It's not about us, because we put away childish things. We've given those things over to the Lord. So now we're here in our maturity as children of God to love on the other children. Yeah? It's really simple. It's a no-brainer for me as God teaches me through all of my errors. (laughs) Being reconciled one to another is is a priority for God. Absolute priority. In fact, if you think about even our worship this this week, we had lovely worship today, but get what it says in Matthew 5, verse 23 and 24. Therefore, if if you are offering your gift at the altar... Yeah, and I don't believe a gift is just financial. I believe our offering, our worship is our gift to God. When we come here, we give a sacrifice of praise. I had a dung week, as I'll use King James. Or if I was to quote someone from the Western suburbs, they might say, I've had a crappy week. But I've had a shite week, yeah? But I'm going to step into the house of God and I'm going to raise my hands and I'm going to give him a sacrifice of praise. That's my offering, yeah? We have no excuse to come into the house and say, I don't feel like singing today. Really? You don't feel like loving God? That's a shame. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Well, I wonder if he took that attitude with us. I don't feel like loving you today. Yeah, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, God's not like that. So why are we, if we are made in the image of God, becoming more and more like him with ever-increasing glory? Yeah? Matthew 5, 23, 24, Therefore, if you're offering a gift at the altar and they remember that your brother and sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. 
first going to be reconciled to them. Then it's more important, Father God, for Papa, it's more important that we are reconciled and in right relationship with one another than when we come and lift our hands because everything about him is family. Yeah? Everything about him is... That's why corporate worship is something so magnificently different to what we experience at home because we come in unity, not unison. We come in unity having put aside our own stuff to love on each other as children of God and in that space... We lift our sacrifice of praise to the king with one voice, one heart, yeah? That's family. That's us. That's you and me. You know, I just love that. I just love that. Look at the time. Oh, my goodness. I just got way too much to talk about. Yeah, I'm going to have to save a lot of this for next week. Let me see if I can jump to something that will help us um, close this out. Often when it comes to dealing with stuff within family... We're concerned about our own needs. Yeah, that's just the way it is. We're, we, when we become childish, we worry about ourselves. That's what happens. Happens in life, ha- happens in the workplace, happens in family as in home, and happens in here. What about me? I've noticed that you're spending a lot of time with that person. That person got given a free coffee. I've never had a free coffee. You know, um, I noticed you've never come for a coffee with me. Uh, stuff like that happens, yeah? St- stuff like that happens. But that's okay. I'm available, you just let me know where you'd like to take me out. (laughs) When we understand that it's not our concern to be concerned about ourselves, this this scripture makes more sense, yeah? Psalm 139.3, you discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. He knows us. Father knows us. We don't have to worry about what anybody else knows or doesn't know. We just need to love those that are in front of us because they're part of our family. And as part of our family, children, we want to love them and lift them up and encourage them, yeah, always. So when there's an issue, we want to take the initiative. And actually, anytime you take the initiative, I'm going to put this out. You know what? Take responsibility for your part, even if it's only 1%. I do this with my kids all the time. It's one thing I do do well with my boys. Samuel, Nathan, I'm really sorry about that. I shouldn't have done that. That was my fault. I didn't give you enough information. I got upset with you. You reacted to the way I was reacting. It's my fault, yeah? Because that changes the dynamic of any issue. And so if we're in family, like here, Mount Clear Church of Christ, and there's something happening with Grace and I, and I, I make a time, I take the initiative, yeah? And I make a time to go and see Grace and I see Grace and I start with Grace. You know what? I'm really sorry about that. Um, I was just thinking about myself. You tell me where that conversation is going to go. Do you know, when it, when it comes to talking about stuff like this, it's never about getting an outcome. It's never about agreeing. See, being sons and daughters of the King is all about walking hand in hand without having to see eye to eye. Yeah? Do you understand? It's all about loving each other even when we disagree because we are never ever going to get somebody that agrees with everything that we believe and say 100%. There is no one in the world, no matter how holy you may believe that you are, that's going to believe and accept everything that you believe 100%. Trust me. That person doesn't exist. Even when you get married, in good times, in bad, sickness, in health, there are still things that you're not going to agree on. But the idea of this relationship is to walk hand in hand, yeah, without the need of seeing eye to eye on everything. 
So as a family, that's how we have to be, yeah? Isn't that how we have to be with each other as children that just want to love each other? Because imagine a family like that. Imagine a house of God like that where everyone's accepted, yeah? Where we welcome every child, yeah, as if we're welcoming him. I reckon that's brilliant. So when there's an issue in the house, it's not about pointing the finger. It's about making sure that the relationship is intact. Amen? Amen for that. Philippians 2, 4, 5, because I'll, I'll finish with this just for today. Just because of the time and my apologies. Um, but we've had some fun, I think. So verse 4 says, Not looking to your own interests, yeah, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. We are most like Jesus when we're focusing on other people. Did you know that? We are most like Jesus when we're focusing on other people. We often say here that choices, not chances, determine your destiny. So choose what you'll focus on. Is that fair? Choose what you'll focus on. Because of time, why don't we stand? I think we're getting a gist and I'll see if I can maybe unpack this a bit more next week. Because I like it. I love it. There's no conflict in our house at the moment. But in any church, not just in Ballarat, across our state, across the country, there are always moments where conflict arises. And I am ecstatic that where we're at at a place right now but i want to keep us here you know whether there's 50 of us or 80 of us or 200 or a thousand if we can all of us who call this home if we can grab hold of this there's never going to be an issue because we're loving each other we're putting each other first we're taking responsibility for our own stuff yeah jesus came to reconcile us to father god so I said earlier, reconciliation is always the priority. And relationship always trumps being right. Here's a quote for you to take for today or a, a saying. Great people make people feel great. Great people make people feel great. So choose the type of person that you want to be. Because great people make people feel great. Amen. Let's close our eyes and let's just pray. Father, I just thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for the laughter. We thank you for the vulnerability. We thank you for the openness of the house. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing, the, just the testimonies and, and, and the work and the words, Father, the, the prophetic words. I, I thank you, Lord. We, Father, we have decreed them over the house. We have spoken them over the house this morning. We claim them for our lives and we claim them for Mount Clear Church of Christ. Father, we think for even of the words that I've spoken this morning in this short time. And Lord, I just pray that we would learn to be children and love one another. That when an issue arises, Father, we would always place others first. That we would take responsibility for our part. But Lord God, in that we would take the initiative to ensure that the relationship is the most important. That the relationship is intact. Because relationship always trumps being right. Father, I thank you for this family. I thank you that you have invited us into this wonderful place where your tangible presence rests often, Lord God, where we just experience you. So we thank you for today's encounter. We thank you for what today 
Lord, has for us. We pray that the sun will continue to shine, that we'll have a great picnic as family hit Bunning Yong Park there. And Lord, that we would just continue to grow in love as we continue to grow in the image of Jesus with ever-increasing glory. And all these people said, Amen. Amen.